You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. You want to talk about roller coasters? We got roller coasters going on. Uh, we, we come off getting destroyed uh, by the Philadelphia Eagles. Such a rough week. And at the end of this podcast, I'm going to get into who the most uh, top five important 49ers are for the future of our franchise. Because this year's over. Let's just be really, really honest. We've gone 0-8. It's not looking good. Bad things are happening, lots of injuries, but the future is bright. And the future is bright for namely one big reason, and that's freaking Jimmy Garoppolo. What a great trade our front office kind of executed. And we're going to get into the details. We'll go through the background. Almost, I'm a huge draft guy. For those of you that don't follow me on Twitter, I'm an ex-high school football coach out of Texas, and my job was film. It's just what I did and it's what I loved Ever since I was a little kid, the draft was my favorite day of the year, and then it turned into weekend of the year. Uh, I go to the draft almost every year like I'm absolutely insane draft person. So what I did is I went back to my notes whenever Jimmy G came out, and I was breaking down film on my own. I never even shared these in the past. I would just do it on my own. And so I'm going to go through a scouting profile that I did um, in the past and kind of combine that with what we have now. So if you go to my Twitter, JL underscore Chapman, you don't have to, but if you want to, um, I've gone through and cut up every single pass play that he has in his NFL career, which isn't a lot, but he started two games. Here's what's crazy. Jimmy Garoppolo has started the exact same amount of games as CJ Bethard. So, sorry, CJ Bethard. So, like, he's not um, a veteran, even though he's been in the league for four years. So we're going to go through, we're going to do... Film analysis, scouting report, background, fits, contract talk. This is a 100% Jimmy G episode, and we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. So hopefully, just buckle in, sit down. We're covering a lot of material today, and it's going to get pretty in-depth. But this is what we want. Uh, we 49ers fan, it's been a rough year. It's been a rough four years. 
ever since that Super Bowl defeat. But we have some things to look forward to. So here we go. What what was the exact trade? We gave up our second round draft pick, um, which is going to be picking in the 33 to 39 range. Uh, we're going to be picking at the top. That's just what it is. We could have the first overall pick and have the first overall pick in the second round. Now, what does that mean? And keep in mind, we have the Saints' additional second round pick for next year. And that was in the Alva Kamara trade where we gave away our third so they could have Kamara. And we got their next year second. So we still have a second round pick. So that's great. In addition to that, we also have an additional third round pick. So we still have our first. We have... New Orleans second, and we have two third-round picks, one from the Chicago Bears. Whenever we drop back one spot so they could get Trubisky, we got Solomon Thomas, and we got an extra third-round pick. So just understand we're just fine. Everything is okay. But let's look back to the 2017 NFL Draft and see what went. And I'm going to go from 33 the first pick in the second round, all the way to 39 and see what the type of compensation and make it a little bit more real because these are the type of players or the quality of players, I should say, that we gave up to get Jimmy Garoppolo. So here we go. Uh, Pick 33 was Kevin King, the cornerback out of Washington to the Packers, and he has looked exceptional. He is their number one quarter corner already and is already already shadowing the number one wide receiver against the Packers every game. Cam Robinson starting left tackle for the Jaguars. Malik McDowell, he's been somewhat of a disappointment and this is kind of who he's going to be. Boom bust player the Seattle Seahawks love. Uh, Buda Baker, one of my draft crushes, the safety uh, that went to Arizona. Zay Jones, great wide receiver uh, out of East Carolina who started since day one for Buffalo but just cannot catch anything. He's still leading the team in targets. He's just not catching anything. Forrest Lamp, the offensive guard out of Western Kentucky and one of the top-ranked offensive linemen. He got hurt in training camp and didn't play. And then Marcus May, the safety out of Florida that went to the Jets, the second strong safety they drafted in that draft, which was ridiculous. But their defense is playing really, really well. So those are the type. All of those guys are starters. Buda Baker is a package guy right now. And Malik McDowell is working through some things. And again, a pass rush specialist from the interior. He's kind of a guy. But again, Kevin King, starter. Cam Robinson, starter. Zay Jones, starter. Forrest Lamp was starting. Marcus May, starter. So you're giving up a solid starter at a secondary position. When I say secondary, I don't mean defensive secondary. I mean the the lesser important positions. Okay? So that's what we gave up. Now, keep in mind, this is where it gets kind of funny and sad. Right after this trade goes through, and what an awesome trade deadline this was. The trade deadline is always circled on my calendar because I love the idea of trading and just transactions and all these things. And oh my gosh, my team could. Usually it sucks. It's one of the worst days of the year. The NBA, which I'm not a fan of the NBA, but it's awesome around the trade deadline. Baseball even more so as well. But this year, man, props to the NFL. They totally came out guns blazing and trades were happening all over the place. And even trades that didn't happen, happened. And so those days when you're just sad to be a 49ers fan because it sucks. Hey, what's your team's record? How many games y'all won? Oh, yeah, we haven't won a game yet. Like, those moments suck. We, we've all been through there, especially whenever you have the 49ers fan case on your cell phone. You got the case on your computer. You wear the Jerry Rice jersey at uh, <laughs> the free day at work. Like, these are the things that happen. But just remember, when all else fails, 
At least you're not a Browns fan. Because after we got Jimmy Garoppolo, which all rumors are saying the Browns were trying to get Jimmy Garoppolo and offered a second round pick, but was turned down. Why was it turned down? Because the Browns are in the AFC and New England wanted to trade him out of conference to the 49ers. So essentially the Browns offered more and didn't get the player that they wanted. Not only that, it doesn't stop there. Then they moved on to the second best backup quarterback in the NFL, A.J. McCarron with the Cincinnati Bengals. And they actually got a trade worked out. Now, we don't know what the compensation is. I think it's somewhat similar. My guess is the Browns were giving up a second and getting back like a fifth or a sixth in A.J. McCarron. But here's what's funny. The Bengals sent the proper information to the NFL by trade deadline, but the Browns did not. They sent the wrong paperwork, and therefore, the trade did not get executed. The Browns were celebrating, having a blast. Yay, we got our quarterback of the future. And the trade deadline came and went. They call the NFL. Hey, how come this hasn't been announced? You turned in the wrong paperwork. What? Yes, sorry, we can't do it. They applied for an extension or an exemption saying, hey, just go ahead and process this. Both sides agreed. And the NFL totally said no. And so could you imagine being Deshaun Kaiser today? Hey, you don't think I'm the guy, but I'm the guy still, but not really. It's just a bad day. So anyway, just relish in the facts, fact that we have a fax machine that works. We have a front office that can legitimately fill out paperwork and execute something like this. So this is great. Now, what I want to do now is jump into the background of who Jimmy Garoppolo is. Who is this new quarterback? Well, it's pretty familiar. He measures 6'2", 226. He ran a 4.97 at the 40, which is not great. A 4.26 shuttle, which is better. Um, his percentages, he is not a height, weight, physical specimen. Uh, his best thing that he came out with was his 20-yard shuttle out of the combine. He ran a 4.26, which doesn't mean much to most people, but that measures in the top 66 percentile. That's the best trait that he has. 40-yard dash wasn't good. Hand size is terrible. He had a nine and a quarter hand size, and that's a major weakness. So if you remember when Jared Goff came out of the combine, he only had a nine-inch hand span, I think is what you would say, hand size. And that was a major critique. So small hands, small arms, not tall. He's 6'2". Um, I wish I was 6'2", but hey, you know, you do what you do. But this is kind of who he's not an athlete. Okay, that's just not who he is. And if you go to mockdraftable.com, which is wonderful, it's almost like a glorified Excel spreadsheet website. They put in all these measurables from the combine. All the intangibles are taken out. And it gives you basically who your player comps are. And there are two, actually three, that are 100% spot on. The number one player comparison in the history of the combine for Jimmy Garoppolo is, wait for it, CJ Beathard. Big surprise. Kyle Shanahan likes a certain type of QB. He likes cerebral, somewhat versatile guys that play with their head and not their body. Jimmy Clausen, next guy. Again, 49ers know this guy. 
But probably the most famous pro that is similar to Tony, uh, to Jimmy Garoppolo just ruined it there. And that's Tony Romo. They are very, very similar and even went to the same college. Jimmy Garoppolo ended up breaking almost all of Tony Romo's records while he was there. But their playing style, body size, release are all so spot on with each other. So just understand this is the type of quarterback we are getting. Now, he's from Eastern Illinois, like I just said. And he was the 62nd overall pick in the second round, the 30th overall pick in the second round. Now, he was the, let's see here, fifth quarterback taken in 2014. So the quarterbacks that went ahead of him, Blake Bortles, third overall, Teddy Bridgewater, 32nd overall, Derek Carr, 36, all solid starters in the NFL. Uh, Teddy's coming back soon. Then Johnny Manziel, number 22. Then you had a 40 spot drop for the next quarterback and that was jimmy garoppolo right after that aj mccarron zach mettenberger tom savage um just to name a few of the quarterbacks now i had jimmy garoppolo as my third rated quarterback this year after teddy bridgewater and Derek carr so i'm kind of feeling pretty good about that i think if we went back and redid this list now Derek carr would definitely be the number one blake bortles would definitely be the worst quarterback that was taken i'm joking he's still in the nfl he's an okay backup quarterback but terrible i think jimmy would be number two i i I would go Derek carr jimmy garoppolo teddy bridgewater aj mccarron i think that's what it would look like so this just gives you perspective of what we are getting now in eastern illinois he was a four-year starter in college he came in and played eight games his freshman year. He didn't start right off the bat. It, it was about halfway through the season they decided to go with the freshman. And as soon as he came in, he didn't play great. Uh, his first two years was about a 50-50 touchdown to interception ratio. And then his junior year, he took off and just absolutely posted exceptional numbers. Now, he walked away with his career with a 23-22 and record. He did not quarterback a lot of great teams. But his numbers were exceptional. His touchdown to interception ratio was 2-1 to one by the time he left. And you're talking about a 4-1 to one ratio his senior year. Now, his senior year was something special. Broke all kinds of records and walked away from Eastern Illinois with the Walter Payton Award, which is basically the Heisman Trophy, the most outstanding offensive player for uh, the football subdivision. So the Heisman Trophy, but not for D1. So all the smaller schools, he was the player of the year. So now let's jump into his play, uh, his professional career with the NFL, which is very, very quick. He only started two games his entire NFL career, the exact same as C.J. Beathard, and he went 2-0. and Now again, go to my Twitter line, and I, what I did is I cut up all every single clip, uh, coach's film, and pasted that into my, basically made like a video montage of every NFL throw for Jimmy and you can go watch those and kind of see what happened but let me just go over the synopsis now he completely dominated in his two starts so if you go back to when Tom Brady got suspended and not his suspension not suspension suspension not suspension that we're going over with Zeke now but when he actually served his suspension Jimmy Garoppolo stepped in and dominated the very first week to open the season, they play at Arizona. And if you remember, this is when Arizona was the second or third most favorited team to win the Super Bowl. And he came out and just played lights out. He goes 24 for 33. He throws for 264 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions in this very first week ever to start. 106 passer rating. 
He even had a catch. But here's what is beautiful to understand about him. He comes out and does that, and everybody's like, all right, all right, all right. Let's see what happens. Next week versus Miami, division opponent, he gets hurt. He gets hurt in the second quarter. So you're thinking, eh, probably not that great a game. Wrong. He left whenever he got injured, and it was on like a fluke throw. He sprained his AC joint, uh, shoulder injury, and basically of his throwing arm, and had to come out. He throws three touchdowns and leaves his team up 21 to nothing in the second quarter. He went 18 for 26, 232 yards passing in a quarter and a half. 135 uh, passer rating. Absolutely balled out. Just great. His two games combined uh, stats, and really it's not even two games. It's five and a half quarters. He threw for almost 500 yards, 496 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Now, do we expect this as a 49ers fan base? Absolutely not. If he did this week in and week out, he'd be the greatest quarterback of all time. And hopefully it is that, but you've got to understand, these are with two Super Bowl winning rosters. So you've got to understand, you got to spread this out. But he does have two Super Bowl rings already. He understands what's going on. He said Tom Brady is basically his big brother. He has confided in him for three years. So he understands the Patriot way to winning and the game planning and preparation. So there's so many good things here. And it's very refreshing to know that uh, John Lynch came out and said, we contacted New England to try to trade for him before the draft. They told us he wasn't available. And so this is somebody they had been trying, they've done their homework on, and when the opportunity presented itself, as far as I know, uh, what was alluded to, it wasn't said specifically, but New England called the 49ers and said, hey, what will you give us for this guy? We basically already have this offer on the table from Cleveland. Can you match that? We said yes, and the deal got done. So let's go through some film. And let's go with this scouting report. Now, half of this is from his college, and I'll update you on some improvements he's made because he's made some great improvements. Right off the bat, so if you want to know what makes Jimmy Garoppolo valuable, there's there's three main issues Okay, that are just A++++. Number one, his throwing motion is fast as hell and an even better release. So let's break these two things down. Throwing motion goes from having both hands on the ball, standing in the pocket, to seeing where you're going with the ball, and starting your motion and going through that, okay? So if, if you see them do this on Fox and ESPN and all this stuff, where they put a tracker in the ball, and wherever the ball goes, it leaves that long red line, and what you want is a small C with the outline of your hand going through your shoulder motion as you cock back and then follow through. You want a small, quick C that does not dip down below your elbow. That's the Tim Tebow thing. Tim Tebow, he would drop and then wind up almost like a pitcher. What you want is that super small C where the ball never goes below your elbow. Tom Brady is the best at this, and Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator of the Patriots, is a great teacher at this. Okay, His throwing motion is prototypical. The best possible throwing uh, motion ever. Now, the delivery is how quick he gets that out of his hand. The best in the NFL at the delivery, there's Phillip Rivers, 
who has a weird throwing motion but can just snap it almost like a shortstop. And then Matt Stafford, again, both huge accomplished baseball players in their high school career that were able to transfer this. Jimmy Garoppolo has the great throwing motion and that quick kind of snap wrist kind of slap shot to get it out quick. And we see both of those evidenced in his two starts. The guy comes out. If you wanted to start with a perfect throwing motion and release, Jimmy Garoppolo has it. Very, very, and so think about it this way. Maybe this terminology will help. He's much more of a quick strike passer than he has a rocket arm. He's capped at about 50 yards. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not throwing 70-yard Hail Marys. He's not even little Drew Brees. That's not who he is. He's quick strike, just boom, boom. So you're not going to get a lot of tip passes, even though he's only 6'2", because he doesn't have that long wind-up. And even whenever they did a couple screen passes right off the edge where they leave the end unblocked, you'll see him just catch the ball turn and almost like he's turning a double play, just flick sidearm just to get the ball out there. Okay, so that's number one. Number two and probably my favorite thing and something as a 49ers fan we have not had uh, with Colin Kaepernick. I love Colin Kaepernick. He's amazing. Uh, I have several of his jerseys, but his eyes are terrible. And what I mean by that is he doesn't understand the concept of looking your wide receivers open. Jimmy Garoppolo has such a wonderful understanding of the field that he understands he's throwing to his right, but as soon as he gets the ball off the snap and the shotgun, he's looking to his left. Not necessarily making a read to his left, but he's pulling the safeties and the linebackers to the left to make the slant route on the right open creating bigger passing windows he is a cerebral quarterback and it does not matter what the play is every single time he took the snap for the patriots he looked the opposite way of where the ball is going it's almost like you should key opposite but this is the exact same thing that tom brady does what you are doing is creating larger passer windows and setting up open receivers he is exceptional at this And even whenever he would do the zone read handoff or a play action fake, you see him, he's not reading the defensive end. And this is a Patriot thing. I hope we can implement this some. Is he's not reading the defensive end because guess what? 497 in the 40, you are not a running threat off of the edge. That's not what he's doing. Instead of during that play action or that zone read, he's staring at the safety, not the unblocked defensive end. Because what happens is if that safety bites, 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 he pulls it and has a hot route to the tight end or to the outside receiver. These people that can get downfield and are not covered up linemen, and it's okay to do that. And so it's it's awesome how he uses his eyes on every play, even handoffs. Um, it, it, he is constantly staring at that safety or looking off the safety to set up that next play. Now the third and final thing, and this is kind of a combination issue, a plus pocket awareness he's not looking to scramble and when pressure comes he slides so well think about tom brady and his happy feet he is a pitter patter mamma jamma and what i mean by that is if you ever watch tom brady he is never comfortable in the pocket now he's calm upper body 
but his lower body is constantly pop, 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 pop. His feet are constantly moving. You are never going to see him flat-footed. And a lot of that changed after the Chiefs game, whenever it, they messed up his ACL and messed up his knee and knocked him out the first game of the season. They changed the way that he stays in the pocket. Again, Peyton Manning was famous for this as well. You're standing in the pocket even though there's not pressure. Your feet are constantly pumping up and down. He has that. And when pressure comes his way, he climbs the pocket first, which means you go up through the A-gaps towards the center because you have the defensive ends getting pressure around you on their arc, and you want them to go behind you. This was one of the main critiques of Brian Hoyer. He got scared and backed away. You cannot do that because you're given an angle to the defensive end, who are the primary pass specialists. The game against Miami was great because even though Jimmy was getting pressure on the outside. He would climb the pocket in the face of Indomitian Sue. He climbed the pocket towards him and took hits from him, but it didn't matter because he completely understood what his responsibility was according to the pass protection. This is something that I think is very undervalued and will play dividends for the 49ers because our offensive line sucks. Uh, let's just be really, really honest. We have two amazing tackles when they're healthy. Neither one are healthy right now. We have a decent center and a decent left guard in Kilgore and Tomlinson. We have maybe the worst right guard in the entire NFL, um, Fusco, but that's going to change next year. So we'll, we'll move on to more of that stuff later on. Now, again, um, he loves to step into his throw despite taking a hit. He is not a scrambler, but as somebody that can get you positive yards. Uh, he, he's again, very similar to CJ Beathard, but you're not going to see that 60 uh, yard touchdown that Beathard had very cerebral, lots of protection changes. Here's what's beautiful is whenever he took over for Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels said they did not lessen the playbook or lighten the load at all for him. He was able to not only understand, but implement the entire Patriots playbook, which they have one of the most complex. If you remember Chad Johnson, um, all these different people that go there have a very hard time understanding what's going on because it's very complex with lots of options and audibles. And if you go back and watch those two games, you will see him changing the play at the line of scrimmage just over 50% of the time. He loves to call audibles to the run game. He loves to call audibles and protection. He is a guy that can completely handle everything. Play action, solid. Now, Let's talk about a few of the negatives, and I've somewhat mentioned a few. The main weaknesses that I see in his scouting report, it's all physical, okay? He's too short. He's 6'2". That's not, that's not great. Prototypical, definitely not. And 9 and a quarter inch hands. That is a huge negative, and he's in the bottom 10% of NFL QBs according to hand size. Now, where does this show up in film? We don't see this in his NFL games, his only two games, but if you go back and you watch his college game, he fumbled the ball so much when he was sacked. He let go of the ball 29 times in college and lost 11 of those fumbles. That is way too much. That is game changers. You cannot do that. And in college, that's almost losing a fumble a game. That is, you can't do that. So that's a major thing that we have to see corrected, which the easiest correction is keep both hands on the ball until you start your throwing motion, which he has a quick throwing motion, which is great, but you got to keep both hands on the ball. Also, when he does have pressure and when he is getting hit, 
it's because he's trying to develop these deeper passing routes. He's trying to let them develop and open up, and he usually overthrows them whenever pressure is there. Having said that, this is a negative. He missed a lot of open throws uh, in his two games as starter for New England. But if you are going to be wrong with throwing the deep ball, the saying is very, very clear, and every coach teaches this. If you are wrong, or sorry, way to go, nice punchline. If you are long, you are never wrong, which means give them a chance and chunk it up. You can hope for a penalty or an amazing play. If you are long, you're going to be okay. Just the next down, you can punt, so on and so forth. You give a player a chance, we see what happens. But if you throw it short, this is where bad things happen. Interceptions things go wrong so again the one of the best things that we have in jimmy garoppolo is that he's only started two games he's only 25 years old but what's beautiful is he has learned from the best probably one of the best offensive coordinators in josh mcdaniels and definitely one of the best quarterbacks ever definitely top two no matter who you are you have to say he's top two so he has coaching and he has seasoning which is awesome he has above average accuracy in arm strength, but that's it. There is nothing elite about his physical characteristics. If you love Jimmy Garoppolo, it's all mind-centered and quick release slash technique. That is what we are getting. So let's jump over to what this looks like for the 49ers and contract issues because here's where it gets kind of weird. He's on the last year of his rookie contract, and usually when trades like this take place, you rework a contract. The 49ers chose not to even start down that option. The trade was executed before the quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo even knew about it, or his agent, which is different. Usually when these things happen, they see if they can work out a contract, and they'll say, okay, here's the deal. We'll give you a second. If you can work out a contract with them, we'll make the trade happen. Nope. If you follow Jimmy Garoppolo on Twitter, which I do now, (laughs) right after it gets reported by Adam Schefter, Jimmy Garoppolo tweets out, this shit cray, (laughs) which is so awesome. Um, I don't know how else to respond going from a Super Bowl winner to an 0-8 team, but he seems happy to be here. So we'll just kind of take that. So let's go back to the contract. Here's what's going to happen. Technically, he is a restricted free agent at the conclusion of this year. So what does that mean? We have several options. Number one, we have the most cap space in the entire NFL. If we want to sign him to a long-term deal right now, we can do so on the cheap. Let's say we don't do that, and we'll get into those numbers here in a second. Let's say we do not do that, and we franchise him, which in all likelihood will happen if they cannot agree to terms. Look to what's happened to Kirk Cousins. What the franchise tag um for jimmy garoppolo next year is gonna be around 22 million dollars a year which sounds like a lot eh, it's a lot of money you know i'm a public educator i'm a school teacher so yeah it's a lot of money to me but the idea is very very simple you can't say oh my gosh that's way too much to pay for this guy because you have to compare it to all of the other quarterbacks <laughs> you look at the bears right mcglenn um he comes in from tampa bay and gets 15 million a year and they benched him after five games. He's getting $15 million a year. The franchise tag for Kirk Cousins is going to be over $31 million a year next year. So $22 million a year for a team 
that has the most cap room is A-OK and has no long-lasting effects. And the reason why you would franchise him is if you don't feel ready to commit to him for a four- to five-year contract, you just franchise him and do a whole nother play it out. We're going to play, and we'll sign you to a deal if everybody's happy. If we don't, what's not going to happen? I guarantee you this. Whether or not he's our long-term quarterback doesn't matter. The possibility that he will be with the 49ers next year is way over 95%. Whether we sign him to a long-term contract or we franchise him, one of those two options is going to happen guaranteed. Okay, So just understand that even if he comes in and plays like garbage, we're going to franchise him. Because we have the money to spend, we've used the draft capital, and the opportunity is there's a very high ceiling here. Now let's get into what Coach Kyle Shanahan said in his press conference today. We need to have patience. Kyle Shanahan said he is not here to save this this season. This season is not, you can't save it. He is here to improve our organization. What he meant by that is this is a long-term solution. He went on and said there's a chance I can't guarantee he even plays this year. Now that's far-fetched. He's going to play this year. But it's going to take a while. If you look at the 49ers schedule, we have back-to-back home games. We play the Cardinals this week. Very winnable game against Drew Stanton. They are starting Drew effing Stanton this week. And then we play the Giants. The Giants have one win this year. Probably our most winnable game all year is the Giants game. After that, we have a bye. So he's not playing this week. So understand Don't get all stressed out. Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing this week. I don't think he plays next week. I would not start him versus the Giants, who have a very strong pass defense whenever my uh, offensive tackles are iffy. I'm waiting until after the bye, and then I'm sending sending him out there. Now, who do we play after the bye? Seattle Seahawks. That's when I want my guy in there. It's at home versus Seattle Seahawks. Jimmy Garoppolo's favorite player. He's uh, gone on record as saying this is Russell Wilson. Man, you send him out there in a division game and you see what this guy's made up uh, after three and a half weeks of practice. He's comfortable with the playbook. We got both of our tackles back. Everything's looking up and up. Um, That is what I want to do, which would give us six games to see what this guy can do. And I do not resign him. I'm not trying to get a bargain. I'm not trying to jump into a pre-contract or whatever. I am just... I'm playing this year this year out, and I'm franchising him. That's what I want to do. If he comes out and just destroys these six games and plays all-worldly, then sign him to a long contract. But do not renegotiate with this guy until he proves to you that he can win with these guys. And here's what's beautiful about the 49ers. The bar has been set on both sides. We have seen Brian Hoyer with a very average skill set play competitively with this supporting cast we have seen cj bethard a rookie come in and i love cj bethard and i think he's going to be 49er for a long time as a backup but he's not ready to start with this supporting cast you put cj bethard with the saints or with the cowboys or with the eagles i think he's going to be successful but we're not those teams so we have these two different parameters set these guides And so now we're going to see. We're going to see exactly what Jimmy Garoppolo can do and have something to measure it against in a vacuum. What do you look like with this supporting cast? So this is huge. So that's Jimmy Garoppolo. And again, go to my Twitter. Check out all the stuff that we break down. There's so much film on there. Um, I, I put too much on there probably. But that's okay. That's for you guys there. Go check it out. Let me know what you think. And if you want to see something else, I'll cut it up. 
What I want to do now, and this is the last part of the podcast. I know it's going long, but man, I'm so damn excited right now. And hopefully you guys are too. Who are the most important 49ers of the future? Okay. Number one, spoiler alert. We just talked about him for 33 minutes. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. He's 25 years old. Now to put his age into perspective, okay, he's the exact same age, when I say exact same year, as Derek Carr and Blake Bortles. He came out of the draft with them, so on and so forth. Kirk Cousins, 29. Four years. Kirk Cousins has been in the NFL twice as long as Jimmy Garoppolo. And again, he's three years younger than Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, and Andrew Luck, who are all kind of like this new wave of quarterbacks. He's younger than them. So there's so much potential here. Even if it takes him a year to get ready, we're further than a year out from being competitive for a playoff position. But you give me two years, I'm, I'm okay with that. Now, the number two most important 49er moving forward for our franchise, I have, I have as Trent Brown, 24 years old, and maybe one of the best picks, I don't want to mention his name, our previous GM, I hate his name. It pisses me off. But he got Trent Brown in the seventh round. He's 24 years old, and you have to look no further than Von Miller, probably one of the best, if not the best, pass rusher in the NFL, said he is guaranteed the best right tackle in the NFL. Joe Staley is like, if I was getting married, he'd be my maid of honor. I understand I'm not a woman, and he's not either, but that's how much I love him. Um, But eventually, Joe Staley's going to move on. Whenever he does... Trent Brown is moving into that left tackle position. Trent Brown is what Anthony Davis should have been or could have been if the injuries and the attitude and all the work ethic didn't take place. So be delighted that we have Trent Brown. He is, he's the second most important player, in my opinion, for our franchise. Number three, uh, my favorite 49er right now, and that's DeForest Buckner. I love DeForest Buckner. He's 23 years old. That's unreal. He is already playing at a top three interior defensive lineman uh, caliber, maybe even top one. It, him and Dominican Sue are top notch. Geno Atkins, those guys are neck and neck. That is how great he has been. Number four, Reuben Foster. Everybody loves him. It's all about potential though right now. He has not been able to finish a game healthy. Uh, there were injury concerns coming into the draft. But we have seen how great his potential is. He made three tackles and a tipped pass in six snaps his first game. So sky is the limit for this kid. We just got to get him healthy. So if he can ball out, then our defense is going to be fine. And number five, again, another rookie, Solomon Thomas, who is the youngest on this list. 22 years old, Solomon Thomas. Most people don't understand. He is a year younger than the majority of the rookie class. He came out early. So the future is bright and strong, the State of the Union. I feel like a president of the 49ers. Um, but if you're hiring, just let me know, Jed. I'd love to come in and interview for that. But the idea is this. We have one, two, three, four, five studs under the age of 25 that have a possibility to form something special. There are so many pieces to this puzzle that are already in place. If we can just surround them with quality talent and see what can happen, the sky is the limit for these 49ers. So stay strong, faithful. Um, It's it's exciting days ahead, but just understand you're going to have to wait just a couple weeks to see Jimmy, but it's coming. Christmas is coming. It's like Advent season for 49ers fans. If you have any questions or want me to talk about anything specifically, uh, go ahead and reach out. 
to me on Twitter, JL underscore Chapman. I appreciate those people that have been messaging me the past week. Where's my episode? Where's my episode? Um, it was coming, but I wanted to wait till the trade trade deadline, and I'm glad that I did. But anyway, uh, you guys stay strong, faithful, and let's get our first W this week uh, against the Cardinals. So you guys take care. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.